Want to thank everyone for checking out Marianne Runs, the Western States UTMB Double, now live on YouTube. Check the show notes for a link to that. Just really appreciate all the support. Nax specifically was a big uh, sponsor of the film, along with Tannery Outdoors and Exoskin. Couldn't have made this all work without you guys. So, shout out to you, Patreon supporters. Thank you for making this happen. Let's chat with Marianne Hogan and Matt Daniels. We're still in the moonlight. It's something sweet. Let it wash over all of me. With you I fall my company. Forever close to the unknown. There's no doubts and no regret. Yeah, I mean, my my only advice, having watched uh, cuts of this film over and over and over hundreds of times, is like if you take a piece of pizza, you, you need to eat that piece of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like for half the race. <laughs> first of all, don't don't drop it on the ground. Um, <laughs> and then second, you're not a pizza delivery person, okay? Like you got to eat that. <laughs> I'm joined here by Marianne Hogan and Matt Daniels. Both were the subjects of two Western States related films I put together. And I asked Matt to come help co-host and ask us a little bit about our upcoming film. Marianne runs the Western States UTMB double. And these two, they, they've been friends. They're great runners. And I, I'm just really excited to mix things up and, have them both on for an episode. So thank you guys for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Thanks for having us. So Matt, are you feeling the pressure of co-hosting an episode? It's been a while. <laughs> Dude, it has been a while. It's been a couple years since I think we, we've we connected. And then Marianne, Marianne, it's been a little while since uh, we've seen each other too. So uh, this is a great little reunion. And um, yeah, I'm stoked. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm a little bit nervous you, you seem to do well with uh, hitting, you know, the heavy hitter questions, and I'll try and uh, come up with some good ones for Marianne. But uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> stuck to learn a little bit more about uh, the endeavors you went on last year with with Western States and UTMB. And Matt, are you in Boulder now? Did you move back to Boulder? Or is that I did? Yep, yeah, okay. back to Boulder now. I just uh, couldn't stay away. <laughs> and and Marianne, where are you joining us from? I'm in Montreal right now. 
So back home for a little bit before I head out to Europe, actually. You're the global traveler. You live in more (laughs) states and countries than, like, basically any person I've ever met. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Most likely. So let's... Let's just start with Matt. I want to I want to you know really test him as a co-host here and let him open it up, take this conversation wherever he wants. And I mean these these two are friends way back from Boulder years. I think in 2017 at least I, I remember um, seeing them both out there in Boulder. So I'll I'll let you open this up. Yeah. Oh gosh, where to start? Um, I was thinking back, I guess, all the way to 2017. I, I think, Marianne, uh, we were living together at Andy Wacker's house. Was that 2016 or 2017? And I know we were both uh, on our kind of short distance trail running journey, uh, you know, more or less getting started. And um, I think we both knew ultra marathons were in our future at some point. And uh, I think what, 2019 is when I, I ran my first um, or 2019 is when I ran Western States, my first hundred miler. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I think after my experience with that and then seeing what you did, you know, that being, I believe that was your first hundred miler. Am I correct? The Western States? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then turning around and going and doing UTMB just, you know, a few months later is insane. So I guess, uh, right off the bat, I want to know what, um, sparked the interest to do both of those in the same year. And like, how did that fully come about? Um, and, you know, uh, what were you thinking, I guess, going into all that? Like, were you nervous about it, excited about it? And um, I just want to hear a little bit more about how that journey started for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it took a while for me to be healthy after 2017. Actually, in 2018, I um, broke my leg and I got a, a spiral fracture. So tibia, uh, fibula um, fracture and that required surgery. So I was really out of the game for a while. Um, it took a lot. Of, it took a lot for me to come back. I even joined the Paralympic triathlon program for a little, um, and then eventually came back to trail running. And so it actually took me five years to get back into like the the trail running world. And so when I was in it uh, at the time, when I when I went out for a golden ticket, I raced Bandera at the hundred k. Um, and when I finished the hundred K and I got my golden ticket, I was kind of like, huh, so now Western States is on the calendar, but like at the same time, I think the lottery for UTMB or, or like the elite selection, like it was closing two days after I ran Bandera. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, huh, like, um, now that I'm, I'm healthy and did the possibility of running Western States and UTMB is, is, is out there. I kind of wanted to do it. Um, I considered actually registering for CCC, but, I, but, but, uh, but I, one phone call with my friend Mathieu, who is doing UTMB and he convinced me that it would be really fun if we ran UTMB together. <laughs> and so, uh, I just decided to register to UTMB on a whim and, and, um, and then that became the next reality. But really the focus of the season was for me, Western States. And that's really what I wanted to work towards. And, um, I was going to race Western States and then determine if I was going to be healthy and, and ready to go for, for UTMB. And so. That's kind of how I was seeing my season. And I figured that if I was healthy, then I would want to jump on the opportunity of doing UTMB because I didn't know when uh, that opportunity would present itself again. Uh, that's incredible. I, I uh, yeah, I remember when hearing that you were going to be doing both. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind was like, gosh, how do you uh, run a hundred mile race with uh, another one, you know, just coming up? Like, how do you have that in the back of your mind and able to go ahead and finish Western States and the fashion that you finished it in, I think that was so impressive. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool story. I, I was just always wondered how that came about. So I remember seeing you out at Bandera that year. I, I was crewing a buddy and, um, yeah. she, I had no idea you were racing and then you just came flying by just <laughs> way out front. And I was just thinking, wow, she's back. You know, it was really cool to see you, um, back after injury and everything. And, uh, what a neat start to the, to that journey. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so little known fact is during those, uh, intro kind of bandera photos in the in the film matt daniels makes an appearance you'll see him in the background um which i love because you were (laughs) you know you were basically my first real attempt at a movie so uh incorporating you wherever possible is always fun and um so marianne you took third your first hundred miler uh is you know it was a pretty good result. Matt, you took fourth. 
I mean, are you planning to step up your game at CCC, Matt, and UTMB, um, just to try to catch up to Marianne's uh, performance here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna, I think that's going to require a W. Like, I'm going to have to win this <laughs> to step it up. But, um, gosh, yeah, I've uh, I've kind of had a rough past few years during the pandemic with some injuries and other things going on in life. And uh, I guess I'm kind of on the, the comeback train, as you will, and um, yeah, the plan is to hopefully have a have a good UTMB, but it's also, you know, it's my first one, and I know a lot of it's going to be a big learning experience, especially um, being a big mountain ultra. That's something I haven't quite figured out yet. I'm working on it, but that's something I, I'm, like, really starting to um, dive in with and try and get better at. I think um, a lot of the U.S. guys are kind of in that same boat, and so um, I know this year is going to be a learning experience, but, you know, maybe I'll get lucky and have a good one, and or maybe it'll be um, a few years from, from now. I think uh, I tried going after CCC last year and had some some bad luck with getting lost on the course. I don't know how, and then taking a nasty fall and that kind of ending my day. But, um, yeah, a little bit of redemption at UTMB would be nice. <laughs> so how, how far did you make it into CCC before all those hiccups? Yeah, so um, I, myself and another runner, we took a wrong turn uh, just after Champe Lock. We kept going up the dirt road before you make the, the turn onto the single track. Uh, and then, um, yeah, from there, we ran, I don't know, close to two miles off course total. And then once we got back on, I, I took a nasty fall coming down into Treant. So um, I can't remember what uh, what the mileage is at at that point, maybe 40-something um, in, in Treant where the pink church is. And that's where I ended up dropping out there. Um yeah, I just knocked myself out, had a concussion, blood gushing out of my head, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of it's just kind of getting used to to those trails out there and um, getting the legs ready for just constant up and down and, you know, going from hiking to running and that sort of thing. And I don't know if I was fully prepared for that last year at CCC. I mean, if you run more like a, a 12 to 13 minute pace on average, um, you don't miss those turns nearly yeah. <laughs> as quickly. I, I'll confidently say I made that turn the one year I did the race. Um, no, I'm choking. But uh, so it sounds like both. And I wanted to start with Western Western States just because my head has uh, been western states utmb double for one year of photo editing and video editing um but i will go off what you just mentioned so you guys both had the wheels come off right around the same section where and for the listener viewers background ccc is what the first 100k of utmb or the last 100k of utmb so it it parallels they do the same course in the same year and it sounds like the wheels came off basically in the same spot for both of you i want to hear more about that those specifics and maybe marianne you could start but then also just generally injuries because you both now have had you know a few years of one-off type injuries that have I think in the long run might help you actually build up and, and recover and come back even stronger. But um, I want to hear more about that. Um, Marianne, if you don't mind starting. Sure. Um, so it's interesting because for me in like race prep and strategy for UTMB, I feel like so many people told me that the race starts at Champelac and that's actually where <laughs> uh, it ended for me. Um, so it, I, I think mentally that was a shock for me as well. Like obviously my body was shot, but I was just thinking like, oh man, like things can go really wrong here. Uh, but I think, I, I think for me, the idea was just as long as I can keep moving forward and as long as I like move as fast as I can, given the, what was going on, um, I feel like I, I was going to give it my all and see what was going to happen. And, and I think that that kind of changed the perception for me, for UTMB as well. Like, I think that the race can start at, at Champelac, but I think that uh, there's a lot that can be done beforehand as well. And um, I think that my story kind of shows that and demonstrates that because um, from Champelac to me, I almost walked the whole thing. So um, uh, I think that that makes, that's part of the reason part of the things that make ultra running exciting is that everyone can race, can run a completely different race. And then in the end, uh, come to a similar result, you know, like if we just focus on the men's race last year, you know, Jim Wamsley, he did, he did the, like the opposite, like he ran really, really fast until Champelac and then like started slowing down. And then like, that's where the guys came in. 
Um, and so it just depends what your race strategy is. And then, and then um, it, I, I think that that's what makes it, makes it interesting. Yeah, I think, um, gosh, for me, it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. I, I, um, I guess I, I was having kind of like one of the better days I've had in a long time uh, in a race and things were going pretty much perfect, perfect to plan uh, all the way to Sean Pay Lock. Um, I, I started off pretty conservative. I think I was somewhere between like sixth and 10th place going into Sean Pay Lock and then um, took my time there. You know, that's kind of like the the point of the race at CCC where you kind of gather yourself and get ready to really race and hit the last you know few peaks. And um yeah, I went out of Sean Pay Lock feeling really confident and everything and just uh, was following the runner in front of me. Really, it, It's funny because it's a trail I ran three or four times in training in the weeks prior to, to CCC. And I knew exactly where to go, but I was just so locked in and following the guy ahead of me that, uh, yeah, we just missed that turn right right after Sean Pay Lock. And, um, you know, I don't know if anybody's experienced this before, but it's sometimes when you're having the day of your life and, and so, something like that goes wrong, it's really hard uh, mentally to kind of come back from that uh, and be back to feeling as good as you were. Um, so yeah, once I figured out we made the wrong turn, I got back on course and um, I checked the app to see like what place I was in. Uh, there's a running app that kind of tells you. And um, I think I'd fallen all the way back to like, I don't know, 20th or something in that short amount of time. And um yeah, I was just deflating, kind of demoralizing, and I tried not to let it get in my head. But you know, at the same time, it, it's tough. You go all the way out to Europe, you invest all this time to go out there and train and away from your family and spend all this money. And uh, I find myself, you know, from being in possible top ten to now being way outside of it. And I knew what it was going to take to get back to that and what I had coming up in the course. And uh, I think I maybe just pushed a little bit too hard to try and catch up and, and neglected fueling a bit. And then the legs kind of went, and then. Next thing I know, I'm, you know, tripping over rocks and taking a nasty fall, uh, going down into to that, that aid station in Treant. And um, when that happened, yeah, it was, uh, you know, there was there was no more running after that. It was I couldn't even see straight, that sort of thing. So um, I don't know how the rest of the race would have gone had I not fallen. You know, maybe I, I would have, you know, that was a race where a lot of guys were starting to come back towards the end. But it's CCC, so it's a lot quicker than UTMB where, um, you know, the top guys, are. It, it's hard to still catch them. So. Um, yeah, maybe I would have been able to pull out a top 10 or something like that, but, uh, you know, it wasn't worth it with where the health and the health risk was at that point. And so, um, I made a decision to stop a train and focus on coming back the next year and, and trying to do something special. So I, I mean, I feel for you there. It, it sucks going off course, even middle of the pack for two miles. And it's, it's mentally hard for, I think any ultra runner, cause you're already doing, such a long distance to mentally try to cope with adding distance on what's already stupid distance. Like it, it's hard. It's really hard. So, um, I think, uh, it's, it's interesting cause you both were in such pain kind of right in that same area. It's just bizarre to me. Like you find, you both found yourselves on the other side of the world in almost <laughs> the same exact situation um like yeah it's just really strange um matt why are you going for utmb and not ccc what would cause that decision um i i I needed something to kind of light that fire i think um i was going back and forth this year on whether or not i wanted to get back into western states or really start to focus on big mountain hundreds um i'm just kind of at a point i'm 35. I know it's not super old in the ultra running world, but I'm um, just kind of at a point in, in my career where that's the one thing it's just, it's driving me every morning I wake up and I'm like, I, that's the one thing in my running resume I haven't quite ticked off yet. And so, um, yeah, I think once I, um, didn't qualify for States at Canyons, it was like a no brainer just to jump in and get the experience at UTMB. And I knew, um, you know, UTMB is going to be really hard and way out of my comfort zone. Like I've never run with poles in my life. And that's something I've been practicing with, a, you know, a heavy pack and all these things that I've just never really done. And, um, as soon as Canyons was over, it was like, okay, buying the poles, putting everything in my pack. And that's all my training is just going to be geared specifically towards, um, UTMB now and just trying, trying to get good at that. And I know that that's, that could be a long, a long-term project and I'm okay with that. Um, it's just uh, kind of where I'm at in in my career, and um, 
you know, certain things drive certain runners. And for me, it's, uh, I'm, I'm that type of runner that wants to have the the crazy range. I want to be known as a miler and I want to be, you know, eventually I want to do 200 miler and I want to do, you know, maybe the triple crown like you did, Robin. So I want to be able to, um, check everything off the list before I'm done and, and say, I've had, um, at least a, uh, respectful amount of, um, like, um, results at, at those distance. And, um, yeah, I think UTMB was next on the list. And um, and plus with the changing of the sport and kind of the direction it is going in, um, it excites me. You know, I, I love the uh, excitement around UTMB and everything and going out there. It's just like going to Western States, like you, you catch the bug and you want to keep going back. And um, I couldn't imagine not being there and like having FOMO. So uh, that was part of the reason. I mean, I wish I was taking on a film project this year. If I were, I would be going out to UTMB to attempt to follow you although tv coverage is so good there you're you're not gonna miss a ton but you will miss a lot <laughs> um i'm excited for you i still have to get you back for pacing me and crewing me at moab so let's do uh, it just let me know when you sign up for moab 240 and uh <laughs> I'll, I'll cover 20 miles maybe Sounds good. The, the very end uh the last the latter miles yeah um I, I think you with polls, you might you might shock the world again. So I, I'm just sensing a, a Western States Matt Daniels type race and we'll, we'll be chatting regardless of uh, how your race goes. So uh, I'm excited to watch that. And then Marianne, you kind of I'm kind of reminded that excitement level on UTMB. Are you? You're sort of thinking about UTMB still, right? That That is the one that excites you the most right now. Is that sort uh, of correct? Or have you even thought about 2024-type race calendars? Yeah, well, I'd like to heal first and then uh, and then put something on the calendar. Uh, but so I can never I, get it right. I'm <laughs> no, asking people okay. too soon or too late or what? Uh, no. No, I think I've done the mistake before to be motivated or like for something and then like you're just you just get disappointed and and I think that there's no reason to to create that disappointment and I don't necessarily need a goal always on the calendar like I enjoy running and I enjoy being healthy so that's the focus of of uh, the next few weeks last month. Um but yeah, I think that for me UTMB is where I have the biggest unfinished business um because uh, from Champelac to the finish, I definitely had probably one of the worst, uh, <laughs> uh, worst, worst splits uh, of worst second splits. place. <laughs> um, especially the oh. hill going down into Valorcine. Like I, I remember like walking sideways and like sitting down and like I was going so slow. And so um, it's really calling me to go back. And, and, and I mean, for the same reason as Matt, like I think UTMB is just like, a, it's, it's just something to master. And, and I think that I, I haven't quite gotten it, obviously, because I didn't finish. Uh, I, I mean, I don't feel like I raced the entire race. I think that I raced all the way to Champelac and then it was just surviving. And so I'd really like to go back and race all the way through the finish. And um, that's really why the reason why I want to go back. And, and it's not that I don't want to do Western States again. It's just that I think that um, I think that I'm paying the, the, the price for the big summer that I had in 2023. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. I, I, I'd like to keep running for years and years uh, to come and, and keep uh, enjoying the races. So I, I have to pick unfortunately. And, and um, so, I mean, I might change cause I'm not registered yet for either of those races, but, uh, but uh, that's kind of where my mind is at at the moment. Um, co-host, I'm going to let you open, open the next one. What do you have, Matt? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I always hog the mic. I, I need to <laughs> step back. That's okay. I think, um, yeah, Marianne, uh, I guess, um, well, you don't have to if, if it's it's uncomfortable. But, yeah, talk about a little bit about kind of what you're going through right now. I know um, probably not everybody's aware, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I'd like to kind of hear, like, um, what's happened since uh, since that UTMB finished last year. and um what the plans were you know before um injury and then you know kind of i guess you touched just now on kind of what the plan is for for after yeah. but yeah i guess just talk a little bit about where you're at and i i'm kind of anxious to hear like um how that came about and also i one thing i've i've always wondered when i was watching utmb and it was clear like you know you were going through something and had a lot of pain um 
was it always kind of like the forefront of your mind that you were going to finish that and then worry about your running career or what was going to happen afterwards? Or was was it a type of injury or pain where you knew like something is serious about, you know, about to go down that like you were going to be out for a while? Or was it just like get to the finish line and we'll figure it out afterwards or, or what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I'll start by answering the second question. Uh, I think for me, I've always been kind of the person that lives in the moment, in the present moment. And so to be honest, I never even thought about the repercussions of finishing UTMB while I was in UTMB. I was just really focused on the task at hand at that time. And um, and I've mentioned this in other platforms, but I don't think that, you know, I don't necessarily want to do that again. I don't think that I would, I want to put my body into that trauma again. But um, that being said, you know, when you're leading UTMB and you have this issue, uh, I think that for me, at least the choice was obvious that I wanted to make it to the finish line and, and at whatever cost, but that is a very personal decision and I would respect anybody who would decide otherwise. Um, but, you know, sometimes you're also kind of in denial. Like I was, I, I knew something was, was definitely wrong with my body because I could no longer lift my leg without like having sheer amount of pain go through. Um, but at the same time, I remember specifically the next day, I remember my family and my crew, they were like, okay, Marianne, now you need to go to the hospital. Like something is actually wrong with you. And I remember responding like, no, nothing's wrong. Like I said, I said, I'm just like, I just ran a hundred miles. And they were like, no, something's actually wrong with you. So I think sometimes like we, we're so focused on what we're doing and we're so focused on, on, I guess, our bodies are sometimes denial, you know, and, and for me, that's kind of the experience that I had, um, but I just, I know that there was not a single time during UTMB that I thought that I was going to finish or even considered, fin- uh, you know, quitting. I was just focused on, so on finishing. If, if you knew right at the moment where you're, you're climbing the hill and you're, you're so as tears, if you knew right then what you're going to go through in the future, would you have dropped? Like knowing the future, essentially. Or would you have still keep, would you have also kept going to get second place at like UTMB? The way that, which, if, so you're asking me if I knew what the repercussions were going to be? Yeah. Would I have kept going? Um, yes, I would have kept going. Uh, but so you still would have made the same choice. You're just I still would have not made advocating sharp knife-like pains as no. a... Uh, Something no. to just brush off and keep going. <laughs> but this is my this is my uh, little asterisk is that yes, uh, like in 2023, that's the decision. And if I were to go back in time in 2022, I will do it. But I will say that if I find myself in the same situation in 2024, 2025, or whenever in the future, I will not be making that decision. I think that that was uh, uh, you know it was a good opportunity for me to, 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 to complete a good Western state UTMB double. I did it. I'm happy about it. And now I can move on and not, not necessarily have that objective and kind of prioritize my health. Um, and I think moving forward, I just want to prioritize my health because, and this is where I'm moving on to the next, you know, the first question that Matt asked is that after UTMB, I was, I went to the doctors and basically the consensus was that I tore the psoas, but I also tore the ligaments, a ligament inside the leg. And, um, but when we, when the, the first doctor that I met saw that the psoas was a uh, torn, I mean, they just said, Oh, you tore your psoas. This is what's going on. But then I did an MRI and then it showed that I had actually torn the ligament as well. And which explains why it took me so long to recover. Um, like three months after, you know, when the first doctor that I saw told me that six weeks and I would be basically healed or it would, could heal within six weeks. But, um, what happened was after three months, I was still feeling pain. And, um, you know, when you tear a muscle, when it, when it comes back together, it's kind of like, obviously I'm not a doctor, but this is what they, the specialists explain is that it took to heal itself. It kind of like, uh, come, uh, it becomes smaller in a certain way to feel the hole. And so then my, my psoas has just been tight ever since I finished UTMB, even when I started running again. But then when I got to the, the January, I was just thinking like, oh, well, Western States is coming in six months. Like I need to start running. And then kind of, I, I just fell back in the same pattern of like, I need to start running regardless of the pain. I was just thinking to myself like, well, theoretically I'm supposed to be healed. So eventually my body will adapt. But that's not what was going on in practice. And so I just kept running and running and running. And, and I always had some discomfort in that area on the left side. 
And, um, and I was keeping, you know, earlier when you said if I had a goal for 2024, and this is why I changed my perspective on that as well, is that I was just focusing on being ready for Western States when in reality, my body was sending me all of the signals that I was not ready and I could not run 100 miles. And because I was compensating for the pain that I felt, well, I uh, ran myself to a uh, stress fracture of the pubic bone on the left side as well. So exactly where I had my psoas. Um, so in a way, I think that um, it, it's probably good that I had my stress fracture before I showed up to the start line of Western States, because I think that that could have had a huge impact on me as well. Um, I think we all know that when, you know, when you, when you run a hundred miles, you have all, you know, you have different kinds of levels of pains. And when you're in the race, in the middle of the race, you have this adrenaline going and the adrenaline kind of like hides the pain that you have. And I, I, I guess I'm just thankful that I didn't run through a stress fracture in the middle of a hundred mile race. because that could have been, have really serious repercussions. Um, so now I'm uh, three months after the uh, diagnostic of my my stress factor, and I started running again. Um, but different, I'm using a way different approach than when I started running again in January. When I started running in January, I kind of just started running as if you know my body was ready and 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 skipped all of the steps. Whereas now I did like my first one was three times one minute, and I've grown ever since I've done three, four, five, all the way to nine. And then I did two minutes and I'm now running three minutes. Um, But I hope that my body will slowly adapt and that eventually I'll be able to run with no pain. You you guys, you guys need uh, more time on your feet for these hundred milers, you know, like if you had a a solid 35 hour type hundred, you know, you might not break as much. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm just joking. Do you, so weird question, but both of you had, you you were previous top 10 finishers, but then you could not start the following year. What's it like to have the auto entry that you work so desperately hard to get, um, having that top 10 and then not being able to hit the start line the following year? Is that really rough or are you guys so focused on like, recovery and and just having another goal on the horizon that you know it's not the end of the world or or matt tell me how that feels it can't be good obviously but yeah i'm just someone that has worked for seven years just to just to toe the line once and i don't even know if i'll qualify this year so (laughs) yeah that's a um interesting question i i i guess my situation is probably a little bit different than than marianne's where um I, I raced Western States in 2019, and um, so I, I would have been coming back in, in 2020, and it was that was the pandemic year where Western States got canceled. Um, and I actually was finding myself in an incredible shape right around that time. I just set up training and everything, I mean, perfectly. Like, it was just a flawless training block going into that, and I was really ready for it. And then um, shortly after, once it got canceled, I, I ran um, – I think like a local 50k in Colorado that was going on and then basically everything else just shut down and um right around that time is when I started getting my my heel pain and my injury started coming about um and I was working through that all of 2021 um hoping to you know run western states in 2021 uh and I actually I started the race um but I my injury was so bad I had no idea what it was at the time I kept getting a bunch of wrong diagnosis and that's that's uh, right I totally forgot my bad yeah I, I was oh, thinking 2020 for some reason yeah okay. and um and I started the race and ran um I think about to Robinson Flat so 50k in and then and then it was a lot of uh walk jogging all the way to Michigan Bluff before I dropped out but it wasn't I mean my heel hurt but I was so sick and I had no idea why I was so sick. Um, come to find out it was the staph infection in my body from my heel that was in my bloodstream causing me to be real sick. And uh, it's kind of a, a miracle, like nothing worse came out of trying to run Western States that year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was uh, in hindsight at the end after I dropped out and like went to the hospital and, and got my surgery and all that. And they found out how bad it was. I was really happy. I didn't continue to try and finish the race. Uh, that's why I was asking the question of Marianne, just because, um, I, I, like, I feel like I've kind of been in that spot where like things are going so South and, and you want to finish so bad, but you don't know if like, you know, what, what the future is going to hold if you do finish sort of thing. And, um, 
yeah, it's always a battle with, I think when you're running at this level, trying to figure out whether to keep going through pain or not. And so, um, that really intrigued me, you know, with your story and everything, Marianne, God, you're one tough cookie. It's incredible that, that you were able to, to finish UTMB with knowing what those climbs are like at the end of that race with, um, with the torn psoas is insane to me, but, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of how my, you know, Western States came about the second go round. I made it to 50 miles basically before I had to drop. My bad. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about the uh, canceled year. Um, Marion, how how have you coped with, you know, not being able to start F3? I mean, it, it has to be hard watching it. You're excited, right? But I mean, tell me about that um, experience. We've never really talked about it. Yeah. So for me, it's not like I it's not hard for me when I'm there. Like I was really happy to go to Western States. And I think like participating as a crew member, I, I was a crew for my friend Metzger who, who completed the race. Um, that excites me almost just as much as, as doing the race. Um, but to me, it was accepting the fact that I wasn't going to be on the start line, which happened way before the day of the race. Like I when I got injured, I think I had two weeks where I that were um, uh, generally very difficult for me. Uh, I think, you know, I was on a really big high from my 2023 year, uh, from my 2022 year. And I was just looking forward to 2023 and I was, you know, uh, really, really pushing the limits to get ready. And then all of a sudden I, I can't walk. Like when I first started having pain, like I, I needed to be on crutches and I was on crutches for six weeks. So that first, the first two weeks of being injured were definitely the hardest for me. And that's what I thought was the most difficult and, and kind of like, it's, it's kind of a grieving period where I grieved kind of like my, my start, my F3. And when I grieved my start line of UTMD as well, but, but once I did that, now I'm, I'm fine. And I was happy to go to Western States and I, I'll be happy to be a UTMD. I think that, um, it's always a good time. And whenever you can participate in any way within the, the community and help whoever, like I'll definitely do that. And, and I don't have those feelings of, Oh, I, I would have liked to do the race. Um, when I'm out there that's not the part that is difficult to me it's really just the accepting of your situation you you mentioned those crutches I just had a, a horrible flashback to like an Instagram stories of you like being a maniac on a bicycle <laughs> <laughs> with crutches I, like you've been so, cut off in Montreal by a woman <laughs> biking with crutches it was it was definitely Marianne there's, um. city bikes, there's city bikes here and they're electric so you be, you barely have to push anything at all but yeah people people always think that's funny when i crutch over to the bike and then i put my crutches on it and then they <laughs> i get a lot of comments i can make a lot of new friends that way um i i want to shift back matt what questions do you have for mary ann about running utmb um uh, you, you're friends with quite a few other runners that have had successful races there and you know you've done ccc or most of it i mean but do you have any questions for marianne about your own race this year and i can't wait to watch all that coverage i'll be i'll be following you if i was there i'd be filming you <laughs> definitely i think um generally just any advice uh you would give i know it, it's um you know an ultra is an ultra and they all you know the funny thing about them is they're all different. Um, and so I guess, you know, what makes UTMB so different than something like Western States, which is really the only race I've uh, had success at at 100 miles has been Western States. And so um, is there anything I can take from Western States and transfer it to UTMB? Or is it just this totally different beast in your eyes? And is it going to require something, you know, totally different, I guess, is my biggest question. Uh, I know, you know, again, everybody's Everybody experiences the race differently, but I guess from your eyes and, and your perspective, what, what you experienced, um, yeah, do you have any advice um, for me? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I really, and, and this might not be a popular opinion, but I did not find that there were two completely different beasts. Um, and the reason behind that is I think they are both runnable terrain. I think that if UTMB was technical, then yeah, I would say completely different beasts, but the the terrain on UTMB is basically all runnable. Obviously, the uphills uh, you're walking, but my point is like the downhills are super runnable and and all of that. So runnable um, is relative, relative. No, but, but what I mean is all uh, the runnable sections you can run as fast as you run at, at Western States, and that's true. and that for me is where I kind of like brought my baggage from Western States into UTMB, and I really ran those sections harder than I think 
maybe other people do like the section after Courmayeur uh, like all the way into La Folie like that to me was like a super runnable section and I just like went perfect. almost like yeah it's, grade. A, oh. it's a perfect grade it's super nice like it's like flowing and the day is, is arriving and and those are all sections that are super similar to UTMB uh, to Western States sorry um and I think the main difference is you have to master the poles um and that's definitely something that I still need to work on. And I only started working with poles when I started running again after Western States. Like I hadn't used them at all before Western States. So so the turnaround there was not really quick enough. Um, and I think that there's some serious gains that I can do on that front. Um, but I think that for you, you know, and I'm sure that you have been working with poles, but I think that that would be the main, the main thing is you have to be, you know, it's, it's not only a question of using the poles, but it's using, it's like using the poles to the maximum of their uh, ability. You know what I mean? Like really using, like using the heck out of your poles and making sure that you're not just transporting the poles, that the poles are actually doing something for you. And I think like the, the more tired you get, the more that you're just kind of like bringing your poles along for a ride, as opposed to like using the poles to propel, propel you up the hill. And I think that that is probably especially true, like for, in the men's category, the, I feel like the you know the, the the power that you can use within your your upper body. So I think those are my biggest insights. But um, what about fueling? What's what's the difference in fueling in terms of like calories or just general food intake? Was it very different for you for those two races? I've never I, I haven't really asked you that question before. I don't think. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's different just because Western States is really hot and also Western States is during the day. Um, and so it's it's really different. Like, I think you you really need to make sure that you have proper nutrition on the day of UTMB because the race start is at 6 p.m. And so that's kind of that can be a tricky, a tricky scenario. Um, so I think that working your body to, 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 I mean, I'm just not really someone who will go like on the long run as of 6 PM. So I think that, uh, working that beforehand might be a great idea, you know, like having a full day's worth of meal and then going on like a four hour run at 6 PM, I think could be like a good intro into practicing that. Um, but no, I think just the fueling the, the the other main difference is that you don't see your crew as often. I feel like at UTMB, like for a while at UTMB, you like, you don't see them until like Le Contamine and then, and then from Le Contamine to Courmayeur, there's like a really long period of time where you don't see your crew. And so if you're dependent on, um, on stuff that, that you're usually used to, then you have to carry it. And then it's like, it's different. And not only that, but us North Americans are not necessarily, um, uh, prepared for the the cheese and sausage and and crackers that they give you at the aid station, so it's more it's it's more planning is necessary, I guess is my my point. Because Western states like it's not this year because they they you know the 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 first two aid stations were not accessible, but the, the years before, like for us when we did it, um, <clears throat> uh, you know that there's an aid station after. 24 miles or something and then there's and then you can get access very often so i think that that's different for sure matt you're so quick man uh that soup's gonna be boiling hot just as a warning they, they will have literally they'll probably take it from the stove and and dump a cup for you um have you matt run in the dark have you had enough enough of that experience with a headlamp and, and that sort of thing yeah, not enough. Um, I've done a few um, training runs in the middle of the night in this in this block, and I have a few more scheduled um, that you know that I'll be working on. But um, yeah, like it's, I don't think the only time I've ever run in the dark in, in races are the ones that start at like 5 a.m. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, I've never finished in the dark or anything. So I think yeah, these training runs have been really important to uh, you know I've, I've been starting them on kind of more of a full stomach and running in the middle of the night and, you know, until like one or 2 AM. And then, uh, yeah, it, it, that's tough on these chills here in Boulder because they're so rocky and sneaky. And I know, I guess. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's not, not ideal, uh, yeah. for like a low risk, <laughs> yeah, like injury yeah. prevention type run to get acclimated. <laughs> I totally agree. So just trying to be careful with that. And I know from what I've heard, I guess UTMB, the most technical sections, the pyramids, you know, and that's at night. And so that's really the 
I think what, it's probably going to be one of those races where I am really conservative until I get to Cormier and then I can start to kind of like be more like myself and not necessarily go crazy with the pace or anything because it's still yeah. very early. But um, I, I don't plan on doing anything crazy or having like a, a strong game plan for the first, you know, basically until I get to Cormier. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to getting to that point and getting in and out of that aid station and on some some butter because those trails in Italy are sweet. <laughs> do you do you think you'll be like first 5K of the race, let's say, for example, like in front of Killian, in <laughs> front of Jim Walmsley? I don't think so. I, I've run. Okay. I mean, I've just run, double checking for a friend. The first, first bit of the UTMB course just for training and stuff. And that's man, there's still like once you get um, over to Les Hoosh and and take that first climb, it's like why are these guys running six minute miles right now? I guess adrenaline and everything. Guys and gals. Yeah. Um, that, he's uh, saying this fast because I started, like I started out way too fast. And like after three, I don't remember if it was at three or 4K, but Jim Wamsley passed me and I was like, oh. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. That's typical Marianne though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just go <laughs> Go run a marathon, like go go like win a big city marathon. Just yeah, you guys are you guys are nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt, for uh, well, actually, I was going to ask Marianne. Uh, last quick one, and then I'll throw it to Matt, and we'll wrap this up here. Um, Marianne, do you have advice on Notre Dame that the climb up in the dark with the uh, like tour? like fan base on all your side like all sides and uh i mean can you share just a little bit of experience there and and how matt should try to handle that situation because it's unlike anything i've ever seen in ultra running it's awesome (laughs) so i i think it depends like i i I guess i don't really know where matt kind of gets his motivation but i'm very like uh i i feed a lot off of people's energy and so um during those sections, I just like went with it. Like whenever there's people and they're like having a party, then I just, even if like your race strategy is not to go fast there, I just kind of go with it because I think it's kind of free energy. Um, and so I, and in that section particularly, I feel like the, the crowd really just lifted me up the mountain. You know, that's really how I felt. And the same goes for uh, Saint-Gervais, which is like the first, the first city. Um, when you run through there, the crowd is huge. And, um, that to me was just free energy as well. I remember specifically my pace going significantly uh, faster in that section and and it it, it feels effortless. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that you always have to make sure that you have under control is your breath. Um, So, you know, your breath and your your heart rate in those sections, obviously at the beginning of a race like that, you really don't want to go in the red zone. But as long as it, as you uh, as you're not in that red zone, I'd say definitely use the energy and accelerate through those sections because you're gonna feel really good about it and 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 it's gonna feel as if it's effortless. But I think everyone is different. Maybe some people are way more internal and and they wouldn't use those those uh, those things similarly. But that's awesome. That was my thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my only advice, having watched. Uh, cuts of this film over and over and over hundreds of times is like if you take a piece of pizza you, you need to eat that piece of pizza <laughs> like for half the race <laughs> first of all don't don't drop it on the ground um, and then second you're not a pizza delivery person okay like you got to eat that <laughs> i had a piece of pizza and um I like I wanted to eat it, but then I got so excited and I started running and then I couldn't eat the pizza while running. So I folded it <laughs> and I put it in the pocket of my, my pack with no with like no uh, like no Ziploc bag or anything, just like the pizza entirely in my bag and then completely forgot about it. And then eventually I got to an aid station. My brother emptied out my pocket and he pulled out <laughs> like an entire like almost pizza like a, a, a round pizza <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> never ate it I, the parallels between you guys are crazy i'm gonna have to do like side by side maybe like instagram stories of of you two and your race experiences even just 
parallels estates, but yeah, uh, Matt, I'm really excited for you. If I had a, a gambling website for top 10 at UTMB, I'd, I'd place money on you. I think you're, you're due for a good, you know, a, a great race, but having some good luck too, and, and not having those one-offs hit you. So I, I, I truly think you're going to have an awesome race and, um, Marianne, your 2024 return is going to be spectacular as well. Um, you two are hugely nice people. So thank you for dealing with me, filming you, texting you like nuts until the release comes out. <laughs> you know, all the background on, on finally getting that film out. So I, I appreciate you both as people and, uh, thanks for taking all your time here. Yeah, thank you, Rob. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for, all, for everything that you do. Absolutely. And that was the episode. Big thank you to Matt Daniels for helping me co-host there. Marian Hogan, as always, for taking her time. Hope you enjoyed it. Shout out to the show sponsors, Exoskin, Tannery Outdoors. Definitely check them out. They support all my filmmaking, podcasts, photography, everything I do. They're big supporters. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Hopefully we can catch up here soon again. Thanks again. Enjoy your training. Oh,